and thanks very much for tuning into the maiden voyage of the latest production on the mid-season slump Huddles and Stout um, for those of you who have listened to some of our other productions you'd probably be sick and tired of my voice but for those of you who haven't heard of us before I am the Sasquatch and I'm delighted to introduce a new voice to the mid-season slump for the autumn period Rocky how are you? Hello Sasquatch how are you? I'm glad to oh, be good. here honoured yeah, why don't you give us a little brief introduction? Because everyone loves giving brief introductions about themselves. Yeah, brief introduction. There's not much to say. There's not much to me. Um, I've been sort of a fan of the NFL now for about half a dozen years. Um, uh, I'd sort of be into a lot of the American sports, baseball. I dip into MLB, uh, NBA, all of those sort of things. In terms of domestic sports be into the the rugby um i'd be partial to a bit of calf and gaa but beyond that <laughs> beyond that that's me i live a simple life and uh of the sports you do follow what would be your sides kind of because we're all kind of i suppose multi sports sides here on the network yeah well i'm sure we'll get into it but i sort of follow the the philly any sort of philadelphia american sports um in rugby it's it's Leinster and a bit of Ulster because technically that's that's my side but but it'd be Leinster <laughs> yeah it's, that's actually something kind of probably I suppose unique about the podcast it's an Irish NFL based podcast and there's not a Patriots fan in sight um, yes or or Dolphins Dolphins had a big following there the, the Asians and 90s usually, yeah now usually just when you get an Irish American sport uh sports podcast you, you tend to get a huge Boston influence but so there's a Philadelphia men which we'll probably crack to later on in the show as to why but I suppose I might just give a brief introduction to the show so obviously it's going to be our weekly NFL show it is kicking off proper in two weeks time the 11th of August and it'll probably be available wherever you find your podcasts every Thursday of every week we're gonna, we'll start off with a, with, a pre, with a season preview where we'll go through the state of each of the conferences basically but without much further ado um, I just kind of draft up a few quick fire not quick fire but a few discussion questions just to kind of get the ball rolling giving people yeah something to to chew on chew on and just kinda, something to listen to and say is this for me is it not for me so I'll kick us off and I'll ask you a very important question and is what is it that led to you supporting Philadelphia yeah, it's 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 not a long, complicated story. Uh, I remember in 2016, um, I was opening up a an online Paddy Power account because I wanted to place a bet on Ireland versus Wales in the Six Nations. I ended up missing the the whatever the sign up offer, so I had I don't know whatever it was five or ten euro in my balance, and I just wanted to get rid of it to be honest. Uh, so one of the nights I went on, I saw American Sports. Thought, what the hell? I saw the Philadelphia Phillies. I, the the comical laziness of the name just I was smitten with it so it went bet on the the Phillies it was my first my first bet I ever placed and I sort of just latched on to Philly sports latched on to the Philadelphia Eagles fair I wish I wish mine was as uh, as uh, wholesome as that one <laughs> <laughs> mine's a bit of a it's, a it's a bit of a strange one to be honest but um I suppose I got into the NFL circa 2006, 2008. Um, You're a lot more tenured like most, than I. 
Yeah, uh, like most people in this country, it starts with maybe red red zone because that's what comes on after soccer Saturday or soccer Sunday, and I just kind of was slowly watching it more and more of it. And Philly were kind of going through a, a stage where they were transitioning from Donovan McNabb to kind of Michael Vick, a quarterback. Now I wasn't fully aware of how maybe how Michael Vick ended up being a backup quarterback in Philly. And I, that might have maybe dissuaded me, but I just fell in love with kind of the whole concept of a mobile quarterback. Michael Vick mm. in particular was exceptional. But by the time I kind of had learned what Michael Vick had maybe done, I know he's kind of, he's made amends. I kind of fall in love with kind of the, the franchise, the city and kind of what it stood for. So it's, it's probably a strange reason to support a side, but that's definitely how I got engrossed in, in, in the Eagles. I think... Um, like I don't think my my origin story is particularly romantic or anything. I think a lot of people just just you have just a, latch on. Yeah, don't you, you just latch on. Some people yeah. just pick a team randomly. That's I think that's just how a lot of people, particularly um, sort of NFL fans over here, they wouldn't have a connection to a particular yeah. city or a state, so they do end up just maybe supporting one of the first teams they come across. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um. So now that's kind of we, we we've got the um the love letter back to the NFL sorted. So now it's time probably suppose a few more nitty gritty questions. So quite a simple one. It's been dominating the headlines for quite a bit. Deshaun Watson, does he play? I I don't know. Does he play? Um, <laughs> I I kind of flip flop on what I think the NFL is leaning. Uh, every so often you hear. Uh, a slew of, of articles saying he'll be gone for the year the year uh, I think recently there was a few saying six weeks um, so it's hard to say yeah what where you? I tend to I tend to lean like the cynic in me kind of feels that this particular case reeks of having more than just Deshaun Watson's involvement in it um, I see recently the, the Texans had Mm. reach settlements um, for a number a number significant enough, like similar enough to Watson so I, I get the feeling and this is probably a bit tinfoil hatty but um, the, the NFL is aware that the whole incident around this it, it's probably another gross governance issue similar to what's going on in Washington and I just don't think the NFL can face having two franchises caught up in that so I think it's going to be a six game slap on the wrist and it's going to be buried um, rather than kind of what would be the outcome if this is properly investigated and that's a bit conspiracy theory-esque I'm cognizant of that but I do do just believe it kind of does it, it seems off it seemed off from the, from the get-go um, the fact that the gentleman pursuing all the um lawsuits against Deshaun Watson is very close with the McNair family it's just mm. from day one it's never quite sat well um, I mean, look the, the reality of it is regardless of what the outcome is it's probably a bad look for the game anyway because we're alienating female fans either way I think um, I don't think true justice will be sought um, and I don't think we'll ever fully know the truth in this case it's just so interchangeable so movable that it's it's probably best if it's just dealt with swiftly and we can all move on and hopefully those affected haven't had their lives wrecked it's um it's a very bad look for the NFL mm. um particularly when in 
in baseball. Trevor Bauer was just suspended for a full year, and that's not 17 games. That's whatever is 168. So uh, mm. there's pressure on them. Um, yeah. I know Deshaun Watson and his camp have recently sort of come out to say that if it is a full year, that they will be taking case or taking action against the NFL. So mm. whether that is hot air or whether that's what they anticipate. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's... I, I think they want... Well, they might threaten. I did think it do, do lean towards the hot air kind of element of it because I mean I think regardless his side having him sat out last year want him back on the field as quickly as possible yeah absolutely so it, like they may take the ban to get him back on whereas if they take it to court that could be another season missed so yeah yeah that's a fair point strange one strange one next up this is a bit probably a bit more uh, upbeat but uh, the best signing of free agency yeah, I had, I think, a few candidates for this. Um, and I'll start off with one, but it's a bit of a double whammy. It's uh, it's two sides of the coin. It's a good signing and a bad signing for the same team. Uh, I think the Amari Cooper trade, rather, I think it's a great trade. I think uh, a swap of sixth with the Cowboys and forking over a fifth for Amari Cooper. He's only 28, just 28. He's on a fairly reasonable contract, um, I know, I think he's probably has a similar cap hit to Stefan Diggs, and I know which which I'd rather have, but um, if Deshaun Watson does end up playing, he put a, he had a record year with Brandon Cooks, I think with Amari Cooper he can he can exceed that. Mm. Um I think just on the back of that the the David Njoku signing, I think it's terrible. Terrible. Mm. Is the fifth highest value for tight ends. Um if you want to look at some of his stats in 2021 he played 15 games 24th in receptions 22nd in yards in 2020 13 games 45th in receptions and 47th in yards it's a very crude way of looking at it but it's nowhere near top 5 and that's what mm. he is I think mm. it's, it's a, an outrageous contract yeah yeah I, I tend to agree with that um, do you anyway, want to, do you want to alternate or do you have one or well, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of had three three options. I kind of had what I think is the best. Uh, I had the... And then the last two are kind of non-sexy and the sexy pick. So I'll go with what I think actually is the best free agent signing. It's probably the re-signing of Stefan Diggs by Buffalo. I know like free agents, people think of teams move, players moving sides, but mm. I just think in terms of the importance of that franchise right now, while they're still in the championship window... Stefan Diggs is an integral part of that and I would have reservations that if Stefan Diggs left that championship window would still be as far open as it is open right now so that for me was probably the more important signing of the off season and, uh, and uh, a good contract mm, is he 24-ish mm. annually yeah that's very yeah. good yeah so that was kind of my my, my staple um, staple pick of free agency but if you have another option which would it I um I do I I grasp that some low hanging fruit here um and it's I think it's Russell Wilson I think the Broncos were set up 
across the board, they had a fantastic team, good receivers, offensive line. Their defense was good when Von Miller was there. I know he's gone now, but it's still very good across the board. Um, the one caveat they had was Drew Locke at the helm. Now you theoretically slot Russell Wilson into this team, and it should be championship caliber. Um, so I think I think if things go right for Denver, they they could take it all. If things yeah. go right for Denver, um, I'd be a bit. He wary was my sexy pick too. As well. Oh, was he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I kind of just scrubbed him down. He was my sexy pick because you should never really underestimate the hidden value in signing kind of a good cultural player Absolutely. in the roster building as well too so that's what Russell brings for you um, I'll give you my non-sexy answer go um, I think it's potentially Mitch Trubisky to Pittsburgh wow he's, that is not sexy at all it's not sexy at all but he's athletic he has got a good arm he arguably didn't get the college playing time he should have got done I think he was thrown to the Wolves in Chicago and I think under a coach's experience as Mike Tomlin he could he could turn heads I think not turn heads but he could surprise people I don't think he's going to make them a Super Bowl contender but yeah. I think they could be competitive in what is now after what since he did last year it is now arguably the most competitive conference in or division in the entire competition so and he, he maintains their relevancy anyway. No, I think he's a good pick. Uh, he's 2017, I think, sexy. he had some some very good games. But no, not as you say, not sexy. No, not sexy. I have a couple of a couple of other games or names I'll 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 throw out there. Um for the Raiders, Chandler Jones, I think it's to pair with um, Max Crosby, I think it's very solid. Uh, decent contract too uh, Michael Gallup for the Cowboys when he's healthy I think he's extremely solid and he's playing for uh, I think just north of 10 million a year if he's healthy I think that's a very good signing for the Cowboys um, Brandon Scherf for the Jags I think if they they have to maximise Trevor Lawrence that's all they mm. should be about and one of the top 5 guards in the in the league Thereabouts, I think Hassan Reddick for the Eagles. Again, very simple, or very, very simple. Just a somebody who's going to be passing the pass, uh, rushing the passer, I should say, passing the rusher, rushing the passer. <laughs> um, I think it's what Philly needed, and I think Zach Ertz for the Cardinals. I think mm. he he went to to Arizona, became the de facto tight end leader there I think he's he's sort of re reinvigorated his career there yeah fair um, yeah i just gone with the tree so happy to move on um, the next question on the list was the biggest jump this season player or franchise so mm. I'm happy to take well, I meant to I meant to have a look at some odds for comeback players as a sort of a cheat code, but I didn't. I sort of played it safe or rather simple. Um, I took two two franchises, but a particular units of the franchises. I think Washington, their defense, um, huge ex- expectations last season. 
Mm. I think losing Chase Young and then all of the absences they had with COVID. Uh, they lost Montez Sweat, uh, Jonathan Allen, Kendall Fuller, Matt Ioannidis. Um, I know Taylor Heineke and Brandon Scherf are on the offense, but like that's some that's they're they're big names to lose throughout the year. Um, I expect Chase Young. He's that talented that I'm not too worried about him coming back from an injury. I expect he'll mm. come back and they'll have certainly one of the best front four. Yeah, certainly in that division, I think across the entire league, they're they're up there, and they can only improve. Uh, another another thing I had was just the Ravens across the board. Um, I don't know if you like all the the advanced football metrics, all those numbers that they throw out that they they the the experts ensure measure some very varying factors. Uh, but football outsiders have this metric adjusted games lost. It sort of tallies yeah. up tallies up all the games that would have been affected by the players that were missed. I think they had circa about 190 game adjusted games lost, and that's that's far more than I think that was second, and that was San Fran in 2019 when they had those particularly awful games in in a MetLife Stadium. I think they again they can't have injury luck as bad as they did last year. Um, their running backs, which is their bread and butter, that was decimated before the season. Their cornerbacks mm. and Paul Lamar having the the squits in the middle of one of the games and cramps and I think they can only come back stronger than, than wh- mm. how they finished last year bottom of the division yeah. the Ravens that's madness it's it's a very competitive division though it certainly is and what are your better. expectations for the Ravens or what, if you were to put them somewhere where are you putting them I think I think that that whole division is interchangeable really yeah, I think it's like you'd expect Pittsburgh. I know I kind of mentioned maybe Mitch Trubisky could be a, a, a good signing for Pittsburgh, but you expect them to take a bit of a backward step this season. And then there's too much up in the air with Cleveland. Like, who's their starting quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. I think for Does that, that reason, I, I default and put Cleveland last. Um, but again... Mm. I think but very easy they can become first very easy if Deshaun Watson gets the minimum sentence if he gets four games I think the Browns mm-hmm. could still potentially win yeah. that division absolutely um, it's just such a it's just a good division I'm, I'm not going to lie though I, I would have the Ravens first in that division personally oh like as in if there's no issues if if Deshaun Watson starts game one. Cincinnati are right back where they were last season. Yeah, no reason to believe and they regress. Mitch Trubisky hits the ground absolutely firing. There is still no logical reason why the Ravens can't be top of that division. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. how tight it is. Yeah, no, you're um, right. You're right. It's. I think but you can't say somebody will. Um, and I, again, the only reason I would put or tend to put Cleveland at the bottom is the uncertainty around. Um, the quarterback the position yeah, yeah which can change overnight yeah um, yeah, yeah. Um, the final question I had just to kind of tease it out the biggest drop off this season player or franchise I had only gone with one I just gone with a franchise I might get it out there because I know people are going to say I'm biased 
what can I say to Cowboys? I just think, yeah, it just, they just seem rife with issues. Um, Plus they've lost arguably the best wide receiver, touched on him earlier on. There's all sorts of chat around this harmony in the locker room. I think it actually might have been Amari Cooper, but I know there was a comment thrown around that Dak Prescott was African-American cousins. I think it was Amari Cooper that came out with that. But there's all sorts of infighting, and I just think... I don't think Dak is the quarterback Well, I think he's paid to be. Okay, okay. He's a good quarterback, but he's not the quarterback he's paid to be. And I think that starts to put pressure on elsewhere. Hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with the the discord in Dallas with mm. um, that debacle with with Randy Gregory. Mm. Totally unnecessary. Um. And I think even they they were they were that close to losing Demarcus Lawrence mm. over a couple of million. Um, Funnily enough, I had um, Trayvon Diggs as a drop-off. I think uh, expecting him to replicate 11 interceptions, I don't think so. Now, he could still have a good season, but if he he could have four or five interceptions and allow half as many yards, it'd be as good or a better season, but it's not going to be... He's not going to get the buzz as one of the top uh, cornerbacks in the league. Um, Maybe he is that good and he can replicate 10 interceptions mm. year after year but that doesn't happen that unlikely. often yeah very unlikely yeah. Um, so I still think despite saying that he might have a big drop off I still think he could have a good year Yeah, I think interceptions in though, yeah. In, yeah I think interceptions can be being in the right place at the right time um, if you look at Anthony Harris on the Eagles a couple of years ago he had 7 interceptions and he's come nowhere close since. Uh, I think mm. it's a case of being in the right place at the right time. Mm. Fair, fair. The other one I, I kind of just jotted down in my notes um, today when I was planning to work was Seattle, but they're tanking, and it's it's fairly obvious at this stage they are tanking. There's a there's a good quarterback draft class coming through next season, so so they're in full full blown tank mode. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, I probably won't be paying much time or heed to Seattle this year, but next year. No. But next year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've a couple of two, but I don't know if I'm that committed to them. It might be more of a discussion. I think Arizona might struggle. Um, last year, they started hot out of the gate. Um, and for the last few years, they've finished the season pretty cold. Now, next year, they won't have D-Hop for the first six games he's going to be suspended mm. so I don't think they'll be able to rely on the, the, the formula of starting hot and resting on, mm. on that early streak um, I don't think Kyler is particularly his stats aren't that attractive without DeAndre Hopkins so they'll have a lot to overcome they've lost pieces on defence Chandler Jones um, I think where the NFC West was was one of the most competitive mm. divisions. I think that that has been lost a little bit. Um, Arizona has just been eroded away S- slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it has. It has obviously taken taken a, a bit of a step back 
um, especially seeing as the uncertainty in San Francisco are present obviously LA, LA Rams are obviously world champions and stuff like that but yeah. it doesn't seem to be the gauntlet it once was um, no which is strange the season after a Super Bowl champion coming from that division yeah absolutely um, but the, yeah. the last one I had was I just want to see what the Titans look like without AJ Brown um, mm, I think there was true. a stat floating around out there that Tannehill is one and four without AJ Brown, and he's ten and ten and two with AJ Brown. Now that's possibly a very cherry picked stat, mm. but um, I think the case has been made that it's um, AJ Brown had a greater influence on the Titans than Derrick Henry. Because um, when Derrick Henry was injured last year, who was who was the backup in um, Tennessee? The backup uh, running, running back, back <sighs> filled in for the King. Fit. Mm, anyway, Fieldman. 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 I can't remember. He was, uh, but he did a good job. He did a very reasonable job. They still still got the number one seed. Um. Um. And like I said, they went one and four when AJ Brown wasn't playing. So so. I just want to see. I'm not. I'm not going to predict a massive fall off. I don't think they get the number one seed again, but I'd like to see how they fare. Yeah, it's a, it's a soft division, though. It is a soft division. Um, I could see it, but I could see them splitting with the Colts. The Colts. Um, I could, if I squint my eyes, I could see them splitting with the Jags. Mm. Uh, I think they might sweep Houston, but. You know, divisional games, anything could happen. Yeah, fair. Fair. Yeah, well, I think, I don't actually think I've much more to add. Um, I think that was, an, was a good intro te- teaser te- episode, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. We got Maiden there. Voyage. Yeah, absolutely. Maiden Voyage. Some We're working st- stuff out. Statements, yeah. What can I get better? But I suppose, um, yeah, I suppose look, you'd find this wherever you find your podcast. If you're if you're hearing this, you've obviously undoubtedly found it already. Um, for any kind of subscribers to the Mid-Season Slope, you'd be aware that in the podcast description, there is a link to our friends usasports.co.uk. Just click the link to peruse um, the wide variety of sporting apparel, um, all American. Um, I suppose that's all from me. And I have nothing more to add either, my good friend Sasquatch. Thank you and good night. Exactly right. I mean, there's nobody inside the 10. Get back, Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.